Hey, what's up? This your homegirl, Complex Angel, and I'm the vibe. And this your girl, Queen K. I'm the vision. And welcome back to another episode of Queens with Vibes and Vision. So, Queen K, how's your week going so far? Oh, it's going pretty good. Um, Got a little side hustle job, so I've been working there like crazy. Today is my first Ooh. off day. Um, awesome. Yeah, girl, you know, just trying to make some extra money. Um, yes. But other than that, um, I'm trying to stay away from social media right now without a rioting going on. Um, just trying to keep a clear head right now. So it's been going pretty good. Been going pretty good. How about your, your week? Um, it's been a very emotional one. Uh, you know, definitely with all the deaths. Um, yeah. I've been just trying to manage to stay afloat, to stay prayed up, um, to stay positive. And me, myself, I've been staying away from social media too, because, um, I've honestly been staying away from it since the coronavirus. I only just post about self-love is my rehab or Queens of Vibes and Visions, or I'll share, you know, positive things on there. But other than that, mm-hmm. life is good. Yeah. So. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so we're going to get right on into it. Um, Complex, what's the sipping tea for the soul? All right. So the sipping tea for your soul topic tonight is the changes we face. Um. Mm. Yeah, so the first aspect I want to touch on is the fears when it comes to changes. So, Queen mm-hmm. K, I'm just going to um, I'm gonna let you, like, name a couple of examples of why people fear change. Like, you know, you could talk about it from a personal perspective or general, and then I'll name some, and then we'll go into my uh, question about that aspect. So I'm going to let you name some first. Okay, some fears that I know that I personally struggle with and some that could be, you know, general as well as, like, the fear of failure. Um, mm-hmm. You know, people don't want to fail. Like, I know me. Like, I know when I take that leap of faith on something, I don't want to fail. And then my right. biggest fear is, is this going to be okay for my kids? You know, I have kids that I every change has to be kind of, you know, centered around them or they have to be in that thought process. Um, mm-hmm. And then um, just not knowing, you know, what's going right. to happen. I That is my fear. Like, I don't want to sell my kids. I got to make sure they're okay. And then just I don't know what the outcome is going to be with change. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I know that some change can be good, but some change can also be bad, too. So those are my fears. And okay. those are things that I'm trying to work on, yeah. Okay. Um. Some of my fears is kind of similar to yours when it comes to change. Uh, one would be trusting the unknown, because like you said, you don't know what the outcome will be on the other end. Um, I know with change, uh, certain people that you grew up around can't come with you. Everybody can't come with you to the next level in your life. And, you know, I know that I got into I got into the habit of like, okay, but this is my friend. I've known him since I was like, you know, a kid. I really got to let go of them. Mm -hmm. No, I'm just going to stay comfortable. I'm just going to wait. Like I was that person that would kind of dim my light to help my, you know, the next person shine. And it honestly took me to understand that a person is not going to move and level themselves up. You can't make them, you know what I'm saying? You just got to go and hopefully, you know, you being an example of trusting the unknown will help them. But if not, if a person is stuck, let them be because it's not fair that you let people in your life anchor you down. Um, another fear, yes. um, getting older, getting older is very fearful for me because um we get into this habit of just feeling like as you get older, I'm talking about like the 50s, the 60s, um, and up. And the reason why I say that, because some people will look at 50s as being young, but people in my family have passed. You know, my mom passed at 51. Mm-hmm. My grandma passed at 66. It's a fear of getting older because it's like, okay, death is coming. And it's like, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the times, like the days is turning, like days are like seconds. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. you look up, you wake yes. up at like 7, and then you look up, damn, it's 7 p.m. at night. I got to start getting ready to go to bed. But um, those are my fears, you know, like just getting older and the whole death situation and, like, just trusting the unknown. 
So I'm going to ask you uh, the first question that I have. Well, I only have one question under this one. What are some uncomfortable changes you made in your life or what were some uncomfortable changes you made in your life and what was the outcome from that change? Mm. Okay, so one of them would have to be uh, moving out on my own. Um, mm-hmm. even when I had my first two kids, um, you know, I stayed with my parents. I stayed with my parents right. because, you know, that's what we did. You know, all of us stayed together. But moving yeah. out on my own was uh, an uncomfortable change for me that I'm still kind of adapting to now uh, only mm-hmm. because I didn't know what it felt like to be alone, you know, to live alone. So. Right. Uh, that led to my other change of knowing when to end a relationship that wasn't healthy for me. That was an uncomfortable mm-hmm. change because I was used to someone being here, you know, and I didn't know what mm-hmm. was going to happen when that person left, you know, if I was going to be able to keep up with my kids and all that. So those are the two biggest changes that I have made that have been very uncomfortable, but right. they were both needed. You know, I needed both of those changes to happen. Um, and then um, taking a, a leap out on faith and, you know, telling my boss pretty much that I won't be teaching anymore. I've been teaching for 11 years now and letting mm-hmm. her know this is my last school year of teaching. That was another uncomfortable change because, again, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I don't, I don't know where I'm going. So right. that's another one that I've recently did. I mean, I know I got some more uncomfortable ones to make. Um, me and mm-hmm. you have been talking about one of them. Uh, I won't mm-hmm. speak on it because, you know, I'm still praying on it. So, But those three are my main three things that have been very uncomfortable for me. So what about you? Okay. Uh, so let's see. Ah, Some uncomfortable changes I've had, of course, death in my family. But I would say, like, a big uncomfortable change was moving out of state to a place where I had no family and no friends, okay? And um, the one the one funny thing about that, all the signs was pointing towards it. But it's like as soon as I moved, you know, I had, like, obstacles in my way. And I was like you, too. Like, I used to love being by myself, but whenever I was by myself, you know, I had certain family members coming to me saying, what's wrong? Like, they made it seem like being by yourself was a bad thing. Like, they would identify it as isolation Mm -hmm. or depression. It's like, no, I'm just trying to find peace of mind because, like you, I live in a two-bedroom apartment with six people. So, you know, when I moved into my own place, I didn't know how to be by myself either. And, you know, after uh, my grandmother and my mom passed, after my mom passed, I would say when I moved into, after I left my relationship and I moved into a two-bedroom townhouse, I brought my uh, cousin along with me because I'm like, I can't be here. But mm-hmm. moving to um, Philly was very uncomfortable because the person that I was dealing with, it's like even though it was a bad situation, I was so scared to move out on my own. Like, okay, I'm in Philly by myself, like really by myself. How the hell do I get to this? And I remember May of 2018, I knew that it was time for growth because it was just one of those days where me and the guy got into it, he stormed out, and Mm -hmm. it's like I felt so, like, you ever felt like you can't breathe and your stomach is just, like, really tight? And I remember praying to the guy. Yes, I remember praying to God, like, okay, I'm feeling very uncomfortable. It it must be time for me to grow. And, you know, I just stepped out on faith, took my uh, took everything, and, you know, basically said I was going sleep to sleep in my car until I got my apartment because I just couldn't deal where I was at anymore. Mm-hmm. But God had all my ducks lined up in a row. Um, mm. Another, yeah, another uncomfortable change I had – Mm, I would say starting a podcast, okay? <laughs> because That's a good one. Yeah. I said that. <laughs> yeah, like you know, with all the steps that came, because I've always wanted to be a motivational speaker, but I was always scared to talk in front of other people, like speech class. Girl, I used to fail because it's like I would be so nervous. You remember how we used to have to meet a certain time frame with the speech? Yeah. I'll be talking so fast that three minutes turned to one minute because I didn't just say this shit in one fucking breath. 
So, yeah, <laughs> but, like, starting the podcast, you know, doing the first episode, just wondering, like, okay, what are people going to think about it? And am, am I bringing good content, you know what I'm saying, to the thing? Do people really care about self-love? And, you know, just getting the reactions that I got, it felt really good. So those are my uncomfortable um those are my uncomfortable changes, and you know, it was it was growth at the end of both of them, though. Honestly, okay, that's what's up. That that's what's up. Yeah, to start being a part of a podcast is really really scary, and that is a big change for me because I don't like how I sound on the phone, and I don't like how I sound anyway because I feel like I sound like a man. But that's okay. Though. Oh gosh, I'm a sexy man. So no. <laughs> but um, oh, okay, so. We are both approaching 30. Oh, gosh. So that is the next aspect. I'm 30. Girl, we, we up there. We, I mean, complex, <laughs> we up there. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm going to start off with, I'm going to let you talk about some of your hopes for your 30s, and then I'm going to speak on a few of mine, um, and then we'll get into the question that we have for the 30s. So, Complex, what are some of your hopes for your 30s? Uh, some of my hopes for my 30s is to continue growing, um, to uh, heal more trauma in my life, um, to make money with the ones I love. Like, I'm talking about my real small circle that I finally feel content with. Um, you know, like, more opportunities, mm-hmm. um, be healthy, like, you know, like, no more desks. I can't deal with it right now. Um, yeah. More books to come and hopefully, yes. like, you know, hopefully marriage, uh, maybe, a, maybe a child. Okay. I'm so scared to bring a child into this world, but, yeah. Oh, um, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm hoping I get more wisdom, always more wisdom. So, yeah. What about you? Me, um, <laughs> girl, I don't want no gray hair. My knees are already cracking. I already got so I that. Hope, <laughs> girl, I hope my knees will stop cracking. So no, but for real, um, I just hope for growth, growth, mm-hmm. uh, financial growth, spiritual growth. You know, um, like you like you mentioned, I'm content with the small circle that I have. You know, because I know that those individuals truly love me for who I am. They don't judge mm-hmm. me. You know, if anything, they motivate me. Um, yeah. I hope that this, uh, that Queens with Vibes and Vision, you know, takes it to the next level. You know, we're already doing the conferences. I want us to start doing, you know, the um, the meetups and yep. the uh, the staycation groups. You know, I want us to do all of that. Like, you know, I really want this to grow because I feel like this is really powerful. Um, I hope to move. I hope to move out of mm-hmm. state. Um, not. I don't know when yet, but that is my hope. Um, mm-hmm. I hope for love. I know that probably sounds oh, yeah. crazy, but no, I no, hope no, for that's love. a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just, I just hope that the world finds some type of peace. You know, um, mm-hmm. I'm tired of all this bad stuff right now. You know, we need some type of peace. I guess like we're going from one thing to the next, and I don't want to bring in my 30th birthday with the world and the situation that it's in right now. You know, I do want some glimmer of hope, especially for my kids, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. I hope to get a stronger connection with my kids. I really want to bond with them more. Like, I want to take some family vacations. Like, we're already doing the whole, you know, family, you know, the time spending thing together. So, Mm -hmm. I just hope for stuff like that. I hope for health, like good health and losing a little more weight. I'm really not trying to have surgery because, you know, yeah. they say if you want a body, you got to buy it, but I don't want to buy it. I'm really going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really want to um, just, you know, just get myself together um, this this year. So that's, that was, those are my hopes. So we're going to get into the questions. So complex. What are you hoping your 30s can teach you in life? Um, I'm hoping my 30s can teach me not to live in fear. Um, I'm not going to even lie. I kind of hate my 30s. I'm hating approaching it. Uh, because my grandma and my mom both died of breast cancer, um, you know, my primary care physician back in Michigan had told me back, I think, at like 25, 
you're going to have to start getting mammograms when you hit your 30s. And, yeah. Mm. So that's, you know, that's really scary. I hear that they, they flatten your chest down like a pancake. Girl, so, I have um, one. It's not, yeah. it's not nice at all. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Queen K. Thanks. No, no yeah. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but I'm hoping that my 30s can teach me not to live in fear. Um, I'm hoping that my 30s can teach me that it's never too late for change. Um, I'm hoping that I can be inspiration to others. You know, I want to be inspiration to women who were, with, you know, females from like, let's see, when did I start struggling with my self-image? I started struggling with my self-image at like 10 years old and up. So I like, I want to be an inspiration for, you know, those women out there, you know what I'm saying? And like, just let them know, like, love, you know, love yourself and everything. Um, I'm hoping that, let's see, I'm hoping that I can break barriers in my 30s. Like, I want to be more bold, and I hope I can break my procrastination. Like, I'm hoping that 30, my 30s can teach me how to break my procrastination and just get the job done. <laughs> so, what about okay. you? <laughs> um, <laughs> procrastination, that's, man, I'm telling you, I will put something off until the last minute. But, um, yeah. I am hoping that they can teach me that change doesn't have to always be bad. Like, you know, I always, well, no, I won't say I always because I'm trying to grow out of that, but I have a Mm -hmm. habit of thinking the worst, right? And I do Mm -hmm. that because that's my defense mechanism. If I already think the worst and the worst happens, it won't sting as bad, you know? Right. So I'm hoping that my 30s can continue to change my thought process because I don't want to be like that, you know? I always want to look at the silver lining in every cloud. You know, I don't want to automatically think the worst. So I'm hoping that the 30s will just continue to change my mind. And also mm-hmm. um, I'm hoping that it shows me that change doesn't have to be bad or hard. You know, you're uncomfortable because you need to change. That's the main thing that I need to realize. And I'm hoping yes. that 30s bring that to me, you know, because mm-hmm. I need to know, it's time to shuffle your feet. You didn't got too comfortable, so you know. Let me stir it up a little bit. Let me change up. So I'm that also part. hoping, yeah, I'm also hoping that my thirties can teach me how to not be silenced anymore. You know, mm-hmm. um, I've been. I learned that I had a voice after I, you know, ended my relationship. But mm-hmm. I'm hoping that if God do see fit to send me someone, that I don't lose it again. So I'm hoping my 30s will make me this strong, dominant woman. You know, not too powerful, but I want to keep my voice. You know, I want to speak up for myself. And I'm just mm-hmm. hoping that, you know, I can learn how to let stuff go. You know, I mm-hmm. it's too much going on, and I don't need to be consumed with anger. You know, so yeah. that's, that, that's what I'm hoping that 30 can teach me. You know, hot patience. That's the word I was looking yeah. for. I was going all around the world. But, yes, patience. I wanted to teach me patience, especially with mm-hmm. my kids, because I need it. So that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> no, I wanted to piggyback. <laughs> I, I wanted to it. piggyback on <laughs> I wanted to piggyback on what you said about the whole um, thinking the worst. Uh, I mm-hmm. I hope that my, my 30s can teach me how to um, – how to not get doubtful when when more storms come because you know mm-hmm. going through the storms that I went through in the past I didn't know when the sunlight was going to come and you know people say like oh you're such a strong person but there's some things that hit <laughs> harder you know what I'm saying than like you know some mm-hmm. blows really knock you out and I just really hope that I have the strength to get back up and keep going because they say, you know, what I'm saying the only way, uh, the only way, um, the only way, uh, how the, what the fuck is it saying? The only other way from up is down. That's what it is. The only other way yeah. from up is down. So I'm up and I'm like, okay, Lord, well, give me the strength when I have those low moments too. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm hoping mm-hmm. as well. I wanted to speak back and say that. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, um, the third aspect we're going to get into is spirituality because I know that I've been going on this spiritual journey, um, and I feel like it is, can, you know, it is helping with the change. So my first question is, how did spirituality contribute to your changes? 
Um, spirit, spirituality contributed to my changes because um, God showed up for me when I was like at my lowest point. And um, mm-hmm. I think that he was trying to show me that it was time for a change, but I was, like, still arguing back and forth, like, nope, I'm not ready yet. Like, the key was, okay, I'm going to tell you a little backstory, okay? Because, um, you mm-hmm. know, we got a lot of time. We got a lot of time. But um, when, I, when I used to live in Taylor, um, it was this street that I used to always walk up and down, okay? I used to drive past this building all the time, but I didn't notice it until I was walking. And um, the the saying, okay, it was a real estate company, and it had the mm-hmm. guy that I was talking to, it had his last name, okay? And um, he, had, he doesn't have a common name. So it was saying, just call such and such, can't say it because, yeah, just call such and such and mm-hmm. start packing. That was God's sign right there, okay? Then the uh, then you know I started getting the phone calls for like four jobs in Philadelphia, so it's like the plan was to get me down here, but then it's like once he placed the first person in front of me to help me, I kept saying no, I'm mm-hmm. straight. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't comfortable, so it's like he had to like he really showed up, and I think by like the fourth time of him showing up. I had to really understand, like, okay, you know what? I don't have to fear. I'm going to be okay. Because in times where I didn't think that you were around, you were around. You get what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you've always been there. So it's like I stepped out on faith with that. And then it's like, you know, it's like just like really starting to listening to Pastor Mike Todd, because I went I went astray. Like, I went astray with my spirituality, and I feel like we all do in life, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because I had a pastor that was very judgmental around the time my mama passed. You know, um, he basically told us, I can't tell you if your mom's going to hell or heaven. She's going wherever she prepared herself. And that really crushed me, because I'm like, I thought at funerals we're supposed to get some type of closure or some type of, um, you know what I'm saying, like some type of, sweet words, like, to help us get through, and I didn't get that, so I went astray, and it's like I had to find my own journey with God to, you know what I'm saying, help me be able to change, because when you have a relationship with God, that's when you have a relationship mm-hmm. with yourself, like, when you really tune in. Like, we can we can quote Bible scriptures all day, but if you don't understand your relationship with God and have your own and not what society tells you you should, you'll never change, you get what I'm saying? You'll always yep. be living in fear. You know, so yeah, that's how I change. Not to be long-winded. Sorry, girl. You okay? No, no, you okay. <laughs> um, my spiritual journey contributed to my changes because, um, like you said, um, I had one astray as well. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I I felt like I was too busy. You know, too busy to go to church. Too busy to do this and. It was so crazy because now that I now that I say it, I sound I, to me I just sound stupid. Like, how are you too busy nah, for the one that's over your life? But you know, you know, hey, I did. You know, I wasn't going to church mm-hmm. on Sundays. Um, I was pretty much um, just sitting at home until a coworker. Um, and this is when I a coworker had invited me to her church, and that like kind of mm-hmm. lit my fire a little bit. But then like stuff kept happening to where. I felt like every time God tried to get me to change and try to uh, better me, the, you know, the devil always made a way for me not, you know, for me to stop following his word. Like my car mm-hmm. started breaking down or, you know, stuff started happening to where I couldn't go to church and then I didn't go for a while. Mm-hmm. Until I got to this church, you know, and I remember the pastor saying, Every time you level up spiritually and every time you change and God takes you to another level, you are going to have different obstacles to go through. God yes. is going to reveal the people who he only placed in your life for a season. All you have to do is listen to him. And at first mm-hmm. I didn't understand it. But then I noticed I would get up in the morning. Okay, mind you, I work. Six to six every day, Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday. I'm working also at my side job, and I'm doing hair, and I got kids in the house. And at this time, I had my step kids as well. 
But I mm-hmm. will still make it my business to get up early in the morning, get a full house of six ready for church, and be out the door. Then after mm-hmm. a while, um, I felt like I was making my 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 ex go. And I'm like, no, I'm going to mm-hmm. see what he's going to do. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. God, are you telling me that this is this is not where I should be at? Like, I started listening to him. And all along, he was telling me, this is not where you're supposed to be. You're not supposed to be with him. This is why. Mm-hmm. And that change just led to a whole bunch of other changes. I did, I, I did um, the Daniel fast, and mm-hmm. that helped me connect with him, like, to the point where every time I had a question, I asked him, and I could hear clearly what it was for me to do. You know, it was kind of creepy right. at first, but it led me to, you know, a lot of the changes that I've came up with now, like me wanting to move and just everything, me starting. I even yeah. went to him when you asked me about the, the you know, the, the uh, sorry, y'all. I even went to him okay. with this, with this, uh, with the yeah. blog. I was just like, God, you know, can I be somebody that will be inspirational? Was, you know, he leads all of my steps. So I'm just mm-hmm. following at this point. If wherever he tells okay. me to go, I go. So that's pretty much how my spiritual journey is contributing to my changes because I'm just listening to him at the end of the day. I go to him with what I, you know, what I want to do, and then he shows me what to do. So that's pretty much how. Yeah. So complex. How have you grown spiritually? Um, I've grown spiritually because uh, I was a person that was too busy to, and I used to feel like that. Um, I listen to Pastor Mike Todd like every other day. He's in my rotation because I listen to like eight different podcasts. I know I, I listen to like two a day because I feel <laughs> like I can't start my day with right without listening to. I don't listen to music and the podcasts are like really like self motivation, self help, and spiritual growth. So I listen to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even. I've even, like, put in my schedule, like, I have an alarm to where I pray four times a week. Now, I know some people might say, oh, you need to pray to God every day. I get that. But I pray four times a week, and I give him, like, you know, an hour, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. even um, even when, like, I'm feeling too distraught and I can't come to my friends or my boyfriend about something, I go to him, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I need to know, like, how do I deal with this? And, um, you know, like, I, I also have noticed that I'm growing spiritually because even when stuff is going bad, like, I remember around Christmas Eve, me and my boyfriend was on the way to his mom's house for uh, Christmas. Well, no, actually, it was on Christmas. I'm sorry. We were on his way. We were on our way to his mom's house for Christmas, and my transmission blew. And mm-hmm. I was just like, you know, the old me would just freak out, like, oh, my God. As my boyfriend was pushing me back, sweaty and all, I was like, I was in the passenger seat. No, I was in the driver's seat. Like, okay, God, what is this trying to teach me? What are you telling me? You know what I'm saying? Please make a way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Don't, you know. And I said, okay, devil, you won today. And there have been times like I, I go toe to toe with the devil now. That's how I know my spiritual, my uh, my spirituality has grown because I go to, I go toe to toe with him. Like, oh, you want to fuck with me today? All right, okay. Like people think I'm bipolar because <laughs> I be talking to myself in my truck and everything. But it's like I also know that I've I've grown spiritually because I don't care about what other people think about how I praise my God. Mm-hmm. I used to worry about, well, people going to say I'm overdoing it or I'm showing out or they're going to look at me weird. I don't care anymore. You get what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I, serve, I serve a God that was there for me. When I say that I moved to a state where I didn't know anybody and I was getting beat on and when I would leave and I would tell my family and then I would go back and I wasn't letting nobody know that I was there, and there was still fights going on, that this man could have killed me, and nobody would have known the Lord seen me through. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I, I just feel like I owed it to him. Like I owe it to you to finally, like, you know what I'm saying, give you the same energy and the same love that you've been giving to me my whole life. You get what I'm saying? So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's my take on it. Okay. So I was going to um, church on I'm that. Grown- <laughs> Girl, no, amen. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yep. um, I've grown spiritually. Um, one one thing that I'm really, really proud of is my prayer closet. I 
I developed my little war room where I got my Bible, I got a little speaker for my worship music, I got my candles, I got my scriptures on the wall, Um, and it's a place where I can come to clear my head, you know, Um, especially when I'm going through my whole fasting thing. um, I I come in here and I just talk to God because this is where I can hear him clear, you know, it's just me secluded by myself. Um, I've also mm-hmm. grown spiritually because I'm getting my kids involved in God. You know, I want to start them early in the yeah. right way. I'm not forcing this on them. I'm, you know, I let them make their decisions. Like, they love church, especially the church mm-hmm. we go to, uh, New Providence Baptist, Plymouth and yes. Southfield. I'm plugging my church because I love it. Um, <laughs> Pastor Jennings and his wife are, I, they are my everything. Like, um, they so laid back. The church family is beautiful. Everybody makes you feel mm. welcome, and they have so much to offer, and the kids love the church. So they're involved in different groups. You know, um, every night we're, we're starting to pray together. I'm breaking down scriptures to them because they want to learn the Bible, you know, so that's a beautiful thing. Um, I, mm-hmm. I even read the Bible. Like right now I'm in a process where I'm trying to read the Bible in a year, so every mm-hmm. month I pick a new, you know, they have a new plan in the Bible app. I read my Bible app every day. I share okay. my messages, you know, I share my messages on Facebook and Instagram every day, the scriptures, the prayers. I share it. And at first, like you, I was scared too. Like, oh, my God, they're going to think I'm doing too much if I keep on sharing yeah. all this religious stuff. Or they're going to be like, oh, she's sharing this? Oh, but she do this? No, 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 no. God loves me for me. You know, it don't matter mm-hmm. what I do because. He sees me as perfect to him, you know. I'm his. So yep. um, just not caring about how I praise him now, you know. I'll be in a crowded store and be like, thank you, God. Yes. Okay, now, Lord. Yes. And that's just that me, part. you know. So at first I, I'd be scared. Even in church, like, I wouldn't clap. I wouldn't stand up. Girl, when that spirit hits you, you can't do nothing but praise him. I'll cry yes. and tears out and everything. It's just. Like you said, he has been there for me in some really, really low times. And, you know, that's when mm-hmm. God works the best. That's when he can really show you his power Who he when is. you're in that yep. low place. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. and that's when you appreciate it more, too. That's when you yes. know, like, okay, yep, God, I'm for you, you for me, that's it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that that's pretty much, you know, what my spiritual journey has led me to because, um, and that's how I, I've grown. And I want to continue to grow. You know, I want my kids to continue to grow. I taught them the Lord's Prayer, and I make them say it every day. Even the two-year-old uh-huh. recite the Lord's Prayer. To you. So, <laughs> you can't understand yes, some of the words, up. but you hear that amen, <laughs> I'm telling you. So That's what's up. <laughs> so, yeah, so, that. That is how I've grown spiritually, and I feel really good. Like, at first yes. I used to wake up so depressed and so angry, and the dark cloud would be over me. Now I wake up, the first thing I do, thank you, God. That's my first yes. thing. Before I do anything, before my feet hit the ground, as soon as I open up my eyes, it's thank you, God. Then when I kick my feet off the side of the bed, I got my phone in my hand because it's the Bible at time. I don't give nothing else to time until I give my time to God first, so. Mm. I'm growing. Shoot, you inspire you inspiring me. You inspiring me to do better, <laughs> to do more better. I know honestly because like you know I want to get more consistent. Like I have four times out the day, but I do need to do better with thanking God for opening my eyes. So you inspire me to strengthen it every day. This podcast definitely like I always feel like I just came from church afterwards, and that's always a beautiful thing. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like, but you're doing oh, really really good now. Like you inspired me. Thank you. I appreciate that. I was going to say on self-love is my rehab days. I got my fresh, that's like my, 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 my quenching, quenching tea and everything like that. This is like my fresh holy water. <laughs> like that's my lemonade and everything. Like, like, like it's, it's my gossip for like, girl, you need to tighten up on the inside. And like, this is like my, my fresh holy water. It's like, I could be, I could be honest on both platforms, but I could be really honest as a woman and, you know, be vulnerable mm-hmm. and just not care, you know what I'm saying? But, um, so we'll wrap it up with this last aspect, trusting the unknown, because, um, we're living in a time where history is repeating itself and we don't know mm-hmm. what the outcome is going to be. So, um, Queen K, I'm going to let you touch on it. Like, 
you you know, just touch on, like, what are your fears about history repeating itself? Um, and, you know, like, just, like, what are some things that you think may happen? I know we don't like to speak stuff into the atmosphere, but, like, you know what I mean by history repeating itself. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I just, mm, with history repeating itself, because it's, like, the space mm-hmm. that we're in right now, I'm nervous about my kids. Right. Um, my baby's got to go through this, and I'm not. I'm not ready for them to go through that. You know, I, I don't like this stuff. You know, I know racism has always been here, but now we're starting back with the riots and yes. all these people getting hurt. It's it's scary. It's scary because mm-hmm. I have I have children, and they they are already a target because they are black. You know, it's, when we're mm-hmm. born black, we're a target. You know, yep. um, I can't even say when you're a black man, you got a target on your back. No, black man, black woman, we black, you got a target. That's mm-hmm. it. They see us as a threat. As soon as the doctors say, you know, you have an African-American baby. So mm-hmm. I'm just scared about all the hate in the world. I don't, huh, I'm sorry, because I'm about to get emotional. No, it's okay. Because I just hey, keep listen, seeing my kids going through this crap, and I cannot take it. Like, I was talking to my 10-year-old son. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my baby today, and he is scared because mm. he sees all these black men dying, you know, by the police. Mm. And he said, these are people that are supposed to be taking care of us, mom, so who are we going to call when something happens? Right. So I have to just explain to him that, baby, you know, it's um, it's not all you're going to be all right. Mm-hmm. You're going to stay prayed up. Yep. I just can't take history repeating itself. You know, I shouldn't have to tell my yeah. 10-year-old, you got to watch everything you do. Even if you want to draw outside, you got to watch that and you got to watch where you're at, you know? Mm-hmm. You got to watch how you talk to people. You got to watch how you're running just, just in case. Yeah. I can't take it yeah. right now. I cannot. Right. Sorry, Tom, no, you don't have to go. No. No, listen, don't don't ever be. I'm telling you, every parent out there listening feels you. There was another girl on Facebook that said that she had to have an uncomfortable talk like that with her six-year-old, okay? Trust me, you're not the only one that's feeling scared about that. You know, it, it's, it's it's a very emotional topic. I told you I woke up on Saturday just feeling like, what the hell? And I know that um, some of my fears is, you know, because my, my mama grew up in this time. She lived right next door to the KKK family. Um, you know, she lived in Montgomery, Alabama. My grandmother and them, they were not they were not allowed to walk on a certain side of the sidewalk. Sometimes they had to walk in the middle of the street. You know, it's just like, Looking at a lot of those um, those pictures on Facebook, it just kind of triggered me because it's like, wow, you know, this was stuff that I we watched growing up, and you know, for Black History Month, yeah. and it's like, what is the difference? You get what I'm saying? Like, we're mm-hmm. we're repeating history over again, and it gets scary. But one thing I will say that I'm noticing is that um, you have more white people standing up this time from what I've been seeing. Like you have people like really like you even have um, corporate companies like Netflix, um, you know what I'm saying? Saying like, no, like it's not right. You know what I'm saying? Like people, I feel like it's a rise on people, under, people starting to realize black lives fucking matter. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um well, okay, I don't want to jump the gun. Matter of fact, we're just going to segue right into the next question, so, so the question so that I can say this. What can we do in this time to make a difference in the world that only repeats time? If you want me to go first while you get yourself together, I definitely can. Yeah, please. Okay, so for me, because I know me and Queen K have talked about this, um, it's so many different perspectives on the rioting. You know, some people saying, um, if you're gonna riot, go riot in the white com- go riot go go riot in the white neighborhoods and tear down their companies. Why are you destroying the black businesses out here? I was one of the people that said that. Some people said, you know, um, it should just be a peaceful protest and everything. But today someone 
humbled me all the way down. They said, you know, in a world that's hurting, we can't tell people how to hurt. So I understand that um, people are people are angry. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, black people are snapping. You know what I'm saying? And I think that this is something that racist white people have been waiting to see. It's like they've been kind of poking at a lion that's finally biting back, okay? And I understand that. Mm-hmm. But my question to you guys out there, what do you know what you're rioting for? Are you rioting for clout? Are you rioting for change? When all of this is over and, you know, um, people start building back up their businesses, are you going to continue to make change in the black community? Are you going to teach the younger generation about their real history, the one that the schools won't, you know, that, that, that won't teach them? Um, are you going to, you know what I'm saying, still say black lives matter, even when it comes to, you know what I'm saying, erasing colorism, erasing killing black on black crime? Like, we have to really talk about it. And a lot of people don't want to touch on that subject because it's like, oh, that doesn't matter. You don't hear about white on white crime. No, sweetie. I had to tell somebody the other day on Facebook because she was like, it doesn't matter if it's the same race because crime equates to whoever is around you. You have white on white crime. You have, um, you know, Middle Easterns killing Middle Easterns. Okay, yes, that may be so, but I had to tell her it's a deeper issue because we are conditioned to hate ourselves. We sit up here, mm-hmm. I say, you, in the black community, we can't even come together and work together because someone's always envying, trying to take somebody off the next spot. Like, we hate each other. That yeah. is what's so deep about it, and I don't think people get that. So that's my thing. Hurts, okay? Do what you got to do to get that anger out. But honestly, just like this one guy said the other day, he said it to this 16-year-old. He said, I'm 31 years old and I'm angry. You're 16, you're angry. But he said, as the younger generation, y'all got to do something because we've been rioting for, for, since forever now, and it's not changing. It's just giving them another reason to kill us. So that's my take yeah. on it. Like, please. If you're going to continue to make change, make change. Don't just don't just let this be a time for you to just fuck up shit. Yeah. That part. Um, well, how I feel what we could do, the first thing that we could do to make a difference in this world is to educate. That is the main mm-hmm. thing. Like, we need to really educate ourselves, our youth, you know, our kids. And we need to do it now, you know, not wait until mm-hmm. they get to a certain age where you think they can understand because the world is not stopping for nobody. Like, exactly. I didn't expect, and, you know, this is me too because I was one of those people, oh, he's too young to understand. No, when my son wanted to have that talk with me today, I'm just like, oh, my God, so he knows what's going on in the world. So mm-hmm. it's not an age limit anymore because they don't care. You know, you have to let your yep. kids know now what's going on. Don't have them go mm-hmm. out here blinded. And then, yep. like you said, know what you're writing about. You know, don't do it for clout and because you get to destroy stuff and hit at the police. No, do it because you're trying to make a change. Like I think you mm-hmm. said it best, uh, organized chaos. Um, oh, yeah, that was Angel Charmaine with, that said that. Yep. Yeah, Angel Charmaine. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. And another thing is we need to start supporting each other. If we want yeah. to make a change, if we want them to respect us, we need to respect ourselves and respect yes. each other. We need to bring each other up. Where's our black, all hurts. black hospitals, our all black banks, you know, our all black shopping centers? Let's support them. And like a post yep. said, um, two posts that I read. One said, "Black black owned doesn't mean cheaper or reduced rates. Spend that same type of money you would spend in that white establishment. Don't think because they're your skin color that you're supposed to get a deal." I work at a beauty supply store, right. and mind you, it's all black people that's on the floor, but it's owned mm-hmm. by uh, Korean. Okay. And yes. a lady came in there the other day and was like, oh, yeah, this is black owned, so I know I'm about to get discounts. No, baby. No. Right. you were spending at the other <laughs> shop, I want you to spend here. Yes. <laughs> now, what is, yep. it's not black owned, and no, you're not about to get a Even if it was, you're not about to get a discount. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I don't say that to down us, but we do have to, we have to be honest with ourselves. That's another thing. We need to yes. be honest with ourselves. We can't just keep on saying, oh, no, that ain't us. Yes, it is. You know, mm-hmm. let's start acknowledging what we do so we can be better. Um, another post that I said on Facebook, it was an older woman. She said, 
It read she was protesting, and her sign read, I'm 66, and I'm still protesting the same shit. Yes. I'm tired. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, why? Come on, y'all. We 66 years yes. old still fighting the same fight. We have to yep. do better. We have to uplift the black community before they'll take us serious. And then another mm-hmm. thing with these protesting that I'm finding out now that it's not even us doing the damages. Yeah, it was but set up. It was set up. Blaming it on us. You know, they mm-hmm. want the they want to keep us, you know, identified as the animals and all that stuff. It ain't. It's not even us. The lady recorded this uh, white lady spray painting buildings saying Black Lives Matter. And she was like, baby, we didn't ask you to do that. We out here protesting, you know, peacefully. And she was like, but mm-hmm. I'm standing with you guys. She was like, yeah, but they're going to blame us for you spray painting that building. So but no, let's just be honest. It, we it was to... set up. They had, I'm sorry, they, they had undercover Go cops ahead, coming in. Set, no, I was yeah. saying they had undercover cops coming in, setting that up, like, to start that. Because a lot of people said here in Philadelphia that that was unplanned for all that because it did start off peaceful. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so I was, girl. Mm. No, I was also gonna say before we said, I was also gonna say, um, honestly, stop getting a, let let's let's stop trying to get approval from the white man. Let's just be our best selves. Like they're never they're they're committed to never liking us. You know what I'm saying? The ones that are racist, the ones who really don't care because racism is a learned behavior. They are committed. Yeah, and they're stuck in their ways and they don't want us here. They look at us like rats ants, bugs, rodents, they look at us mm-hmm. like that, and I'm going to keep saying that. You, like, stop trying to get their approval. I look at the oppressor just like an abuser. You can't talk to an abuser. You can't talk to narcissistic and try to get them to understand your pain. So what the hell make you think you can talk to this white man or this white woman that don't give a fuck about Come you? Come on, man. Look inside yourself yes. and just be your better version. That's all I'm going to say. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So with that being said, we can segue into... We changed this. We changed the segment, y'all. It's not in my less of a lady anymore. It's as a woman. So, Queen K, what is the um, as a woman question this week? Okay, this as a woman question is it says, as a strong woman, when is it okay to admit that I still need help? How do I break my pride to admit that? Hmm. Okay. So, the best way I can answer that question is. You have to be honest with yourself. You got to see where that pride stems from. Um, Did you have someone in your family that used to do nice stuff for you and they would throw it in your face? So you have this pride that, okay, I'm going to just do it on my own and not, you know, like not like really tell anybody because that was me. You know what I'm saying? Like, who? my family is the king and queens of throwing shit in your face, okay? (laughs) They, They dangle shit over your head like mistletoe. So um, I was very prideful. Like, I was too prideful to even ask for, like, like okay, I would have my bills paid. And Queen K could tell you. I would be calling her, like, Queen K, do you have $5 that I could borrow to get something to eat? And she'll send me, like, $30. And I'll be like, no, girl, take it. You know what I'm saying? I would be too prideful. But you got to be honest with yourself and admit it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I need help. And sometimes you may not get it because, and, and you know, like the, the sad part about it is you may not always get it because you, you, you make being strong look so well. You know what I'm saying? You don't show the tears and everything. So yeah. people either don't know or they just going to be like, oh, well, she's strong. She'll figure that shit out. And that's fucked up, but mm-hmm. just be honest yes. with yourself. You know what I'm saying? God going to bring somebody into your life to give you the help that you need. Okay. Okay, that answers that. Um, oh, shoot, I can't even answer it. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm struggling with this right now because I have to look at why I act like this because I, I know that this pride thing is strong and the only person that I do ask for, for things if I'm in need is you and God. Mm-hmm. So if y'all just yeah. help me, I'm just pretty much out of luck until I figure it out by myself, you know? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Complex, no um, for that. <laughs> so we're going to segue into the glowing business of the week. Complex, what do you have for us? 
All right. Okay, I have to scroll to this because um, I am shouting out my co-host, DC. He is a black entrepreneur that started up, yep, shout out, that started up um, his clothing brand, Dynamic Culture. And um, he said the definition of it is nothing to something. Loving yourself while leveling up at the same damn time. The grind is dynamic. The swag is dynamic. The self-love is dynamic. I'm dynamic with it. Like, basically, um, you know, he just basically talked about, like, dynamic is just, like, changing the perspective and, you know, like, basically stepping outside that box that society has you boxed in. You know what I'm saying? And, um Please, y'all, he lives in Detroit. He's based in Detroit. He has T-shirts. He has hoodies. Um, He is in the process of getting some other type of clothing wear for women. I can't really tell too much, but please go check him out. You can find him at, Mm -hmm. let me make sure I go to Instagram to get this right, Dynamic, D-Y-N as in Nancy, A-M as in Mary, I-C underscore culture, that, I'm sorry, underscore apparel. So dynamic underscore culture apparel. He uh, ships nationwide, and he's based in Detroit on the west side. You know, we can't fuck with the east side. I'm just saying. So please, <laughs> yes, go show him some love. And that's my glowing business for the week. That's a really good glowing business. You? I have some merchandise from that one. Um, I don't have one this week. So okay. I don't have All right. one. It's cool. Um, hopefully, I have one next week. We'll see. We'll see. I'm exactly. not sure yet, but you know. Trust me, we 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 be building this thing with black community, black community. All right. So before we segue um into Ao Queens, Queen K, I got something to say. I got a public Girl, service got? announcement for these females <laughs> out here. Listen, come on, ladies. Come on, preach. I'm going to just say it like this. Um, The day you have to really come to a woman about your man is the day that you need the question to ask yourself if you should leave that guy alone, okay? Um, The reason why I say this, I'm a very real and raw person, but I'm not going to drop names because I don't want to come off messy. But um, I told you before that I was in a three-year relationship, and after we broke up, it was like, he didn't want it to be over, but I was just at wit's end. Like, I don't see this getting better. Like, Queen K can tell y'all, I was spinning out of her house for the longest time because me and him lived together, and around the time we broke up, we had to break the lease. So I'm like, no, we didn't break the lease. We had to wait till the lease was up. So I was at Queen K's house all the time. But, you know, <laughs> I'm not a savage person. So I was like, okay, let's be friends because we've been together so long. I've built a friendship with your family you built a friendship with mine. And the agreement was that whenever we get into a relationship, we would never disrespect that partner. And it's like, you know, mm-hmm. I stood by that. I will always act. You know, he got into a relationship. I will always ask him how's his relationship going. His girl decided to reach out to me through text message saying, mm-hmm. like, can you please stop texting my man? And I basically told her, like, sweetie, I'm team y'all. Like, I don't want him. I live in a whole other state. I'm living my life. I never disrespect y'all. I don't want him. But, you know, she said it doesn't matter. I don't feel comfortable. So I said, okay, I'm going to step back. Um, I even, like, you know, had a conversation with him to try to get him to understand because I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm not doing anything wrong. But it's like mm-hmm. in his mind, I tried to tell him, like, listen, in order for her to feel comfortable, you have to stop making it seem like I'm such a – like, like, you got to stop leaving secrets and not telling her stuff because what you don't tell will, will make a person think and, and come up with their own assumptions. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, I had to just look at it like, you know what, you sometimes really can't be friends with your ex. You get what I'm saying? Because I look nope. at it like, dog, yeah. you're treating me, you're treating her like how you used to treat me. And I don't want to play a part in doing that. But, um, you know, it's like, still, to this day, she still feels threatened by me. And it's like, Mm. I have to just say it like this, like, I've fallen back. Like, I even went, like, you know, I even went amongst, like, blocking, and it's like, it's still a problem. So you may have to really just look at yourself and ask, like, okay, is it them or is it me? Do I just need to leave this this relationship alone? Because a man is going to do what he wants to do. So Mm -hmm. that's my public service announcement. So, yeah, anything that you want to get off your chest. 
girl, I got something to say. Um, my whew. so this has been a very busy two days for me. Um, and it's just about family. Like mm-hmm. it's okay to love your family from a distance. It is okay. There's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. You know, you can love them. It's okay to distance yourself, people. You don't have to be at everybody's beck and call. You don't have to be smiling at everybody's face. You don't have to be at every family function. It's okay to live your own life and just, you know, love people from a distance because in order to grow and to be mentally stable, you have to let go of what's hurting you. And what you do is before you even let them go, you let them know that you forgive them. You let mm-hmm. them know that you still love them, but it's okay that you don't call and text. It's okay that you don't meet up with them. It's okay that you don't come over. It's fine. I'm telling you, you have to do this for yourself. Stop letting people make you feel obligated to do stuff because you're not, you know. It's okay. So yeah. that is my – I can't drop no names. I can't get personal <laughs> with it, so I'm just going to end it right. right there because you know me, I get this. I get the feeling stuff that I was supposed to feel. So no, I get I'm it. Trust me. <laughs> I definitely understand. Yes, yeah, two snaps to the yes, yeah, two snaps to the fingers for that one too. I'm telling you, family will make or break you sometimes. Yes. But yes. yes. All right. So mm-hmm. now we can get into the AO Queens. Listen up. All right. So this one came from the Bible app. Um. I don't I don't know who wrote it because it says it's anonymous up under this quote. But mm-hmm. I was reading I was reading this morning and um this one came up. So it said and I had to screenshot it because, you know, I couldn't write it all down. But it says, uh, pray like Jesus. Prayer is the most important conversation of your day. Take it to God before you take it to anyone else. Mm-hmm. And that meant something to me, especially with this spiritual growth and especially with all the changes that I, you know, that I have coming up in my life. Um, I have to consult with him about everything. Um, in this reading, it said that before Jesus himself, before God, you know, did anything, he talked to his father several times in the Bible. It says it, that he went off to pray by himself before he made any, you know, any decision, any change. Even before mm-hmm. he went to go be crucified, he spoke to his father three times before, you know, even making that change. So it's okay to consult with him first, you know, about yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's the best decision that you'll make because he will show you. He will give you signs. You know, a lot of people think you're supposed to hear his roaring voice, like in the clouds, like in the movie Lion King. You know, when the fox, I mean, you know, when the fox talks to Simba, it's not like that. Mm-hmm. It's signs that he shows you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he shows you different signs, you know, as to which way you need to go. So that right. is my, my A.O. Queen thought. So, Complex, what is our no apology thought for this week? All right, so I'm going to read y'all the Instagram meme, and it's not funny, but the lion is actually looking up into the sky and seeing, like, a Mufasa with angel wings. I'm not trying to be funny. So, um, yeah. (laughs) Um, So, the the meme says, uh, finding yourself is not really how it works. You aren't a $10 bill in last winter's coat pocket. You are not lost. Your true self is right there buried under cultural conditioning, other people's opinions, and inaccurate conclusions you drew as a child and adult that became your beliefs about who you are. Finding yourself is actually returning to yourself. In unlearning, in um, in excavation, or remembering who you were before the world got its hands on you. So with that being said, um, it's just like the, the saying, no apologies. You don't have to apologize for who you are. You don't have to apologize for the things that other people say makes you weird. You should just look at them and say, you know what, you're not meant to be in my small circle with the people that accept Mm -hmm. me and don't question me. So you're not finding yourself. Well, once you basically 
forget all of the things that people place upon you, all the opinions. You forget about all of the the gender roles because, oh, gosh, that plays a part Mm -hmm. in it, all of the cultural conditioning. Once you can take those layers off, I promise you and I guarantee you, you will return back to who you wanted to be. And I'm talking about that person who Mm -hmm. had all those dreams and somebody tainted them growing up. So, yeah, that's my no apology thought for the week. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I like that. Um, I like, yeah, thank you. I, I Man, I fell in love with it. I had the screenshot, like, yep, this is no apology thought. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. All right, we're going to end it off mm-hmm. with that. I'm Complex Angel. I'm the Vibe. And I'm Queen K. I'm the Vision. And we out. Peace and love. Bye.